From crypto winter to crypto geopolitics, from ChatGPT to AI avatars, from zero-proof identity to CBDCs and new forms of GovTech. Join inventors, artists, musicians, gamers, bankers, policymakers, and rebels for a discussion on how technology is reshaping our world. From our offices in Dubai, this is the UAE Tech Podcast. An AI companion or a citizen companion, uh, which is an AI bot that helps you basically uh, uh, get access to any government service in multiple languages, uh, whether basically uh, paying traffic fines all the way to uh, you know having your uh, tenancy uh, contract signed by EGI. So across any government entity, we have basically brought in the catalog of government services and made it available as a companion to citizens through human language. Two years ago, it's not unfair to suggest that if most techies were asked to name the big tech company most likely to break through globally in artificial intelligence, Microsoft might not be the first to come to mind. Microsoft partnered with OpenAI earlier this year, has just inked a deal with Activision, making it one of the largest gaming giants in the world, and has big plans for the metaverse. But you already knew most of that. What remains to be understood is how generative AI is changing the technology landscape right here in the UAE. From private to public sector, from education to logistics, oil and gas, and citizen services, what are the use cases we should be focusing on? Where are the quick wins? We're delighted to be talking to Tarek Halawani, Executive Director for Commercial Solutions, on why this is a big year for Jitex, the UAE, and for Microsoft. Today, we're delighted to be talking to Tarek Halawani from Microsoft. Tarek, thanks so much for joining us during a big week here in the UAE with the launch of Jitex 2023. Very quickly, could you tell us a little bit about yourself, uh, your professional background, your executive director for commercial solutions at Microsoft? So what's your story in the region and uh, what do you do for Microsoft? Thanks, uh, John, for having me. Um, so um, I've been in Microsoft for the last 15 years and in the region for the last 20 years. Um, currently, I look after commercial solutions uh, for Microsoft. So we work uh, with enterprise customers and governments on their journey to cloud. So all the way from basically modernizing their current digital infrastructure to innovating and building and new apps uh, infused, of course, with the latest technologies and innovations like AI, um, Metaverse, and, and others. So uh, it's a team of basically highly specialized resources that engage with customers to make sure that they, they're always at the forefront of technology adoption in order to be able to compete in their industries. That makes sense. And I know from uh, working in government and the tech sector here that Microsoft has a very interesting and unique pedigree and history in the region. Could you tell us a little bit about the beginnings of Microsoft in the UAE and GCC and kind of leading up to where we are today? Yeah. So Microsoft has been around here for the, at least the last 30 years. I think our first um, office was founded in UAE, which was basically the Middle East uh, and Africa headquarters back 
in uh, around 30 years ago and uh, w w you know we've been uh, basically expanding our presence uh, ever since and five years ago we also landed uh, our uh, local cloud data centers and very quickly it became one of the fastest growing regions for us so we have expanded even our footprint footprint from a cloud presence as well so um we've been we've been basically we've been around for quite some time and we always were very proud to be one of the very strategic partners for the country who grew also with the country uh, and we continue to also take the responsibility of positioning UAE always uh, to be one of the first countries to where we land our uh, services and cloud innovations. And that's basically a responsibility the local team takes always. And we're constantly, like I mentioned earlier, working with uh, not just the governments, but also the private sector uh, to make sure uh, the country and basically um, the private sector, uh, the commercial industries are always basically at the forefront of the technical innovations coming from Microsoft. And one of the reasons we're kind of, well, this is such good timing for this discussion is that the technology market is changing in a way. It's not just that it's difficult to keep up with now. It's that it's very hard to predict what is on the horizon. Things are, things are moving so fast and what was possible short time ago, um, yeah. you know, is, is changing. So you guys are at Jitex. What are the themes that you're talking about? Why is Jitex this year important? What kind of participation do you have? Yeah. So uh, we've been we've been participating uh, in Jitex since its inception, but we feel this year is very special, I think, because we're at the cusp of a... Uh, you know, a disruptive moment in, in the tech industry, uh, which is the AI moment. So our theme is is mostly focused on imagining AI in everything and, uh, you know, the reality of AI uh, today. Um, as you as you know, I think we've witnessed a massive shift uh, in uh, the reality of artificial intelligence. I think we keep basically we describe it as the shift from predictive AI to generative AI. And basically we're trying to showcase this year uh, the reality of that, how basically AI is really changing how we work, how we collaborate and how we innovate uh, at the personal level and at the professional level uh, with governments and businesses. Yeah, that's really interesting. And if you don't mind me saying, I think if someone had asked me a year ago or a year and a half ago, who do I predict to kind of be a leader or a first out of the post leader in generative AI, I hope you'll excuse me by saying I probably, of all the big tech companies, might not have picked Microsoft. And yet this year, seemingly out of the blue, but of course not, there was obviously a lot of work behind the years, uh, behind the, the scenes over the years. Microsoft has come out with with some of the the leading and most notable generative AI projects. Uh, are you proud about that? And and how does the team feel about it? Uh, of course, I think I think we're we're very proud to be uh, at the center and at the heart of basically what's happening in AI uh, globally. And of course, it, it didn't come out uh, as a as a basically by chance. It's 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 basically a lot of effort. 
that has been happening over the years uh, on the R&D side. So, um, and we're very proud to be uh, basically introducing uh, the most uh, innovative GPT transformers and open AI models uh, to all countries globally. And we're taking it even one step further, like in UAE, we're trying not just basically to avail the service globally, but to bring those innovations uh, to be available in our local data centers so that not just data stored, but also processing of AI happens all within country. So definitely we're super proud of um, what we've introduced. And again, the commitment uh, to bring those innovations uh, to countries like UAE. So I walked past your stall at Jitex today, actually. Um, it looked great. It looked super cool. You kind of had the UAE in the background. You had possibly an AI-generated Emirati avatar. I can't I can't tell. You can't tell nowadays, can you? It's, it's impossible to tell. But, you know, it was talking in Cyrillic, in Arabic. Uh, there's a great yeah. dashboard up there. What are some of the things, the technical things that you guys are talking yeah. about? So in the main, I think the demo area you must have seen yeah. basically uh, the demo trying to show it's it's one use case out of many that we've worked with local with customers with local governments on. So this year, I think we're showing basically a um, an AI companion or a citizen companion, uh, which is an AI bot that helps you basically. Uh, uh, get access to any government service in multiple languages, uh, whether basically uh, paying traffic fines all the way to, uh, you know, having your uh, tenancy uh, contract signed by EGI. So across any government entity, we have basically brought in the catalog of government services and made it available as a companion to citizens through human language. So you can get transactions done by just basically talking to the companion. Uh, so that's that's basically a very powerful use case of how we will basically interact with applications uh, in the future. Saraha, that's amazing because my Arabic sucks. Seriously, if I could use an AI, <laughs> so, you know, over five years in Jordan and my Arabic is still awful, but I kind of feel good about this because in two years time, hopefully if I just have a little audio avatar on my phone or something it won't matter you know what i mean i'll be able to argue with the shabab no problem <laughs> so you know let's see where that goes but uh, i've tried it actually i've tried it on bing and it it is pretty amazing uh, and it's almost impossible for me to chart where this is going to go in 10 years time um but you know another surprising area again if you'd asked me about a year and a half two years ago who's going to lead in this space. And, and perhaps this was a bit more predictable, is the metaverse. Now, I know it's global news that looks like the Activision deal is going to go through. A lot of people forget that Xbox is Microsoft. Um, and a lot of people also forget, forget that things like Microsoft Flight Simulator and Minecraft, some of the most popular and, and famous in terms of Flight Simulator, famous case study in terms of you know, Minecraft, uh, one of the world's most favorite interactive video games, are part of the Microsoft stables. So what are you guys thinking about in terms of this space as well? Yeah, great question, John, I think. And we have basically in Jitex a corner on for the Xbox uh, business and 
all the game studios and labels uh, around Xbox. As you know, this is a significant business for Microsoft and with a, uh, it will be augmented and expanded by the recent, again, acquisition of Activision, yeah. uh, adding some top labels. But I think we envision a future where uh, basically um, Xbox will be uh, a marketplace, will have basically something like the Netflix of gaming uh, where games on all those records and labels are available uh, to be streamed in 4k uh, to any device uh, without necessarily having you know that console and that basically um, that is where things are, are, are going I think it's more about basically the, the ability to stream a full immersive experience of all those games and labels to any device uh, not necessarily to a single uh, console. So Microsoft continues again to expand uh, um, the uh, the marketplace uh, and the, the 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 gaming marketplace of ours and the labels with the Activision uh, acquisition, um, and we continue to invest in ways of how we want basically gaming to be in the future, not just basically um, streaming gaming to any device. But also the other side of it, how can gaming become basically part of our education offering, how game can become part of our business offering. So the gamification of things is not just basically for the consumer business, but also we see a side of it towards education and business as well. So I think that's where uh, we're thinking, uh, how we're thinking about gaming. Well, thanks for that. That's a good introduction to some of the emerging technologies, um, finding a home at Microsoft. Moving on, um, because you guys do have a long background in the region. Everyone is talking about AI. Um, it, when you walk around Jitex, I'd say at least a third of the stalls are talking about some kind of artificial intelligence use case. But I think an interesting question is how can AI be deployed and used both by the private sector and government in the UAE? Um, and what are Microsoft thoughts on that so so do you have any it's early it's early days but do you have any initial thoughts on that look uh, honestly every government is is faced with the choice of being part of this disruptive moment or being left behind and i think the uae has stepped forward very early on <clears throat> with basically the ai strategy document that was released by the government uh, to play a critical role and to uh, take advantage of, of, of this basically uh, disruptive innovation. So, and we see uh, a lot of use cases and implementations now coming out of UAE to the world. And I, I can share an example here on a project we're doing with the Ministry of Education, where we wanted to use basically the power of generative AI uh, to build those virtual tutors to augment the learning experience for students. So every student will have basically a virtual tutor who understands his learning style, learning speed, and would help him always basically uh, fill the gaps, right, in, in his learning versus what he gets also at, at school in the classroom. So that's that's a very powerful use case. And it, 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 it speaks a lot for the power of AI and uh, such use cases and how it can be beneficial to changing how we've 
basically known education in classrooms for the last probably 50 years or 100 years even. So UAE is literally at the forefront. We see a lot of basically uh, innovation happening in here. Public sector uh, is investing heavily. Uh, they've basically established um, a center of excellence with the federal government uh, in partnership also with PwC uh, to make sure that, that basically also we uh, invest in the skilling and capability building for the government entities, all the way from helping government entities in design thinking and envisioning their first use case, uh, of course, starting with the business outcome they, they want to achieve, all the way to how to deploy it and how to make use of it. And of course, we want this to happen in a, in a responsible, in an inclusive way. That's why that center of excellence that we've set up is not just about deploying the technology, it's, it's also making sure that you know, we do it in a very responsible, very ethical, and a very inclusive way because that's very critical uh, because we don't want basically, like any other technology, it has its upside, but also if basically misused, it can have basically major downsides. And we want to make sure that this is uh, catered for and, uh, you know, uh, we mitigate this risk early on. I love that education use case. That's so compelling, the idea of kind of, personalized learning you know because some kids can't do this certain maths equation other kids understand french grammar but you know other kids struggle with french grammar and if you have that kind of personalized help that understands the things that you struggle with and the things that you don't and can help you fix them that that's amazing again i go back i think it was it was either bill gates or someone else who said that one of the the most promising early use cases of AI was in helping kids learn languages at a very young age because, you know, it can reply and correct. Um, I also agree with you that the, the public sector is really trying to uh, understand and push through AI. There's a new center of AI uh, that was launched in Emirates Towers. Many government institutes um, are, are thinking about, you know, how to incorporate AI, we have an AI white paper, we have AI strategy documents. So it sounds like the public sector is thinking very hard and, and, and is working alongside others like Microsoft and PwC to move this forward. I guess one thing I wanted to ask you, and I'm not sure if this is something you have any thoughts on or not, is the other side of things, the private sector. Because if we look at AI, you know, there's a lot of infrastructure that's required. There's data readiness, you know, there's an understanding of how to um, access machine learning tools and deploy those tools. Um, there's significant barriers to entry for the private sector here in the UAE. I wondered if you had any thoughts on how in the short and medium term, the private sector can try and get over some of these obstacles to really start embracing AI. Yeah, and 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 look, honestly, we're seeing also great momentum in in the private sector, especially that I think if you talk about specific industries like financial services, retail, oil and gas, which are all big industries in in UAE, they were early in their journey to cloud, probably a bit faster than public sector when we first launched our data centers. Mm. So their data state is mostly in, in the cloud, which is which makes it very much easier now to adopt 
recent, most recent AI technologies and, and make use of it and add some value uh, with it. So it's a broad spectrum on, on, on use cases, but I can tell you, for example, uh, we're, we're seeing massive adoption um, by retailers and banks, especially on hyper-personalization of the consumer experience. So um, think about it. I think every bank has his own online banking. Every retailer has his own e-commerce uh, uh, platform. And those are digital channels that represent significant revenue for a bank or a retailer. And today with generative AI, uh, we can basically offer um, a, a very unique experience that we've never seen before uh, in terms of you know, ability to to um, make transactions, follow up on uh, support uh, tickets uh, in, in a very human, uh, uh, in a very human way, as if you're talking to a human on the other side. I think that level of human parity uh, with digital technologies haven't we haven't seen before, and that's basically personalization of consumer experience. Something we're seeing as low hanging fruit. Every bank, every basically a retailer is jumping on it. We've seen also in utilities, oil and gas, um, private sector where you have basically massive ground operations. We've seen a lot of knowledge mining use cases. How can we make basically knowledge available to field engineers uh, at speed, whether you are basically in a power station uh, doing preventive maintenance or basically in one of the regs uh, for an oil and gas company. I think today, you would have basically access to the knowledge and information of that of that company, uh, all basically through a single device, all at fingertips of those field engineers, regardless of their location. So it's a question and answer that can get you basically, um, you know, uh, the a lot of experience and knowledge uh, shared uh, uh, immediately. So that. We've always had knowledge mining, but also we've never been able to make it as easily accessible and, you know, uh, uh, in, in that human language again, uh, to those field engineers or field teams. So I think those are um, quick ones, if I may say, that companies are, are seeing, uh, like I said, through knowledge mining implementations, uh, call center analytics, uh, consumer channels, uh, personalization, those are all low-hanging fruit that represent quick wins. And we see that massive adoption already in the private sector. Yeah, that is really interesting on the private sector because it's hard to, to understand what are the kind of use cases that are being looked at. And I take your point on the fact that the private sector was early into the cloud. Um, that's not something that, that I think we've spoken of in regard to AI in the past. So Tarek, we're coming to the end of our discussion today, but there are two two more things I, I wanted to run by you because I know there's also, you know, the UAE is a leader in digital citizen services. And that's something that it, that I think that, that that is important here. It's a key kind of public private partnership approach. Do you think that citizen services uh, can also be improved and iterated with AI, possibly um, using new technologies like the metaverse in the future? Is that something that people are looking at or is that a little bit further down the horizon? No, I think this is uh, this is a reality, especially in UAE. And I think with, uh, of course, 
we share the responsibility along with the government. We want to make sure that we do this in a very uh, responsible and uh, ethical manner. Um, so that's why I think we're setting up those frameworks to make sure every use case is looked at uh, through a committee to make sure that basically uh, we focus on the business outcome while mitigate the risks that could come with it. Mm. But hey, if you think about the example I shared, um, um, the citizen companion, that's a real project that we're currently, we're building similar co-pilots with uh, basically Dubai government and the federal government. And uh, basically it's that the demo is actually envisioned through those two projects where we're going to basically have that companion through which citizens can deliver, can do the services, the government services end to end. So they don't have to go to a web portal or to an office anymore. It's, it's, it's a transactional virtual assistant, if you like. So that's actually in UAE. Thankfully, I think the country is blessed with uh, unique leadership that saw the opportunity early on. And uh, through the Ministry of AI, we have set up some of the early frameworks for adoption. And today, we are very quickly starting to see the reality of that. Well, Tarek Halawani, thank you so much for joining us on the UAE Tech Podcast today. Thank you, John. Sponsor information. The UAE Tech Podcast is distributed by Albuaba Business free of charge. To sponsor a single episode or a series of themed episodes, please contact our editorial team or download a sponsorship press pack. Sponsors receive an article on Albuaba Business, syndication distribution on Albuaba Syndicate, email direct marketing across the region, and brand inclusion across all podcast marketing design, audio, and video formats. Albuaba is not a PR company, and we do retain editorial discretion and quality control as an independent publisher. Companies looking to support a dialogue on technological transformation in the UAE are encouraged to contact our team.